It's my privilege to uh, introduce our preacher today, my good friend David Sandifer. Uh, David goes way back with uh, Jody, myself, Jose Boada, Adrian Boada, Nikki, and Justin Smith that was our lector today. Um, in many ways, though David and I are contemporaries, he was one of the early people who discipled me uh, through my work with him and when he was youth minister at All Souls Episcopal Church. So, David, please come and bring God's word to us. Thank you for being with us. So. Well, it's really wonderful to be with you uh, this morning. Um, uh, Alex and, and Jody and I, uh, as, as uh, Alex said, go way back. And uh, so special treat to be back here. I've been sort of an exile in Australia the last uh, nine years or so, um, uh, but it's been a joyful uh, exile. Uh, um, I left for England about 10, 12 years ago where I met my wife, Kathy, and uh, she's Australian. We've been living there. Um, but it's wonderful to be back here. And sort of the occasion of our being back is that we're on our way to the Netherlands where I'll be teaching at a seminary. Uh, there, and we're excited about having a partnership with, with servants um, going forward and as a part of that. So really, really wonderful to be with you. I didn't realize that I'd uh, dis discipled you, Alex. I think it was a mutual discipling, maybe. <laughs> so, um, but really, really wonderful to be with you. I want to reflect a little bit this morning as we face a new year on uh, the doctrine of the providence of God. Some of you may be familiar with the Christian writer and speaker, uh, Tony Campolo. I think he might have been bigger a few years ago, maybe, than he is now. Um, his son uh, also uh, was a Christian uh, writer and speaker, but his son lost his faith. Bart Campolo, a few years ago, sort of announced he didn't identify as a Christian anymore. And I read an interview with him uh, in which he explained how he came to uh, no longer feel he could say he was a Christian. And, and the way he explained it was that he said he, he recognized that one by one he'd stopped believing really the major doctrines of Christianity until he reached a point where he thought, well, I can't really call myself a Christian. <laughs> I don't believe any of the things that Christians say they believe. Um, but he said something very interesting. He said the first doctrine that he um, realized he no longer believed was the doctrine of providence the confidence that God is over all things, is in, is in control of all things in the world. He just couldn't really bring himself to believe that anymore. And then he said, and I've noticed for others that I've known who've moved away from their faith, that's often the first doctrine to go. I think that's quite powerful because it echoes my own experience uh, in today's environment in the world where many Christians... Uh, it's always the case that Christians are wrestling with their faith, but it seems that we're in a particular period where our faith is sort of in the crucible <laughs> in, the, in the culture. And um, I find for many Christians, this confidence in the providence of God is pretty shaky. Um, as I talk with them, as I engage with them pastorally, I, I find that they're, they're not real confident, really, that, that God's got it in control. And the, the consequence of that is... Um, Really, I think for any of us, when, when we begin to lose that, that confidence, is we begin to be tossed about by the circumstances of our lives. Um, 
Fear begins to set in. Um, we're unable to fully be at peace in the knowledge that whatever comes, God is in control. John Calvin said, ignorance of providence is the ultimate of all miseries. <laughs> the highest blessedness lies in the knowledge of it. And I know that's certainly been true in, in my own life. So as we face a new year together, it's a good time uh, to reflect again on the providence of God. There are many fundamental uh, and um, important questions about the year to come that all of us have. Um, will I or my loved ones get sick? Will I lose my job? Who will be president this time next year? Will the Gators win the national title? These are the matters that grip us. <laughs> All joking aside, how can we be at peace with the past and confident about the future? Well, I believe a big part of that is confidence in the providence of God in our lives. Let me just ask God to guide us as we look at his word together. Father, we thank you so much that you are a good God, a God that we can throw all of our weight upon in our lives, whatever comes our way. We thank you for your providence and grace and mercy given to us in our Lord Jesus Christ, displayed through him and in his work for us on the cross and in his resurrection. We pray that this morning as we meditate on this together that you would renew us in our hope and in our confidence in you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The word providence comes from the Latin, uh, two words, pro and vide, pro vide, um, pro meaning for or forward, vide, to see. Um, so uh, the, the idea is uh, foreseeing. Uh, interestingly, the Hebrew word for provide uh, is also related to seeing. So in Genesis 22, when, um, uh, with, with the sacrifice of uh, when, when God commands Abraham to sacrifice uh, Isaac, um, the, the phrase there is, God will provide the lamb. And the word is literally, God will see for himself the lamb. Um, so the core idea is that God sees, God sees all. He sees the past, he sees the future, he sees the present, he sees our situation. Nothing is outside his purview. He literally has the God's eye view, right? Overall, he sees. Um, but it's much more than just foreknowledge. Some Christians have reduced God's providence or his sovereignty to foreknowledge. But it's, it's actually quite a bit more than that, isn't it? The core idea is that because God foresees, he is able to work everything together for his plan, his purpose, his good end, for the desired result he has in mind. Uh, because God has infinite knowledge and infinite power, he is able to weave perfectly everything together to accomplish his purposes, the purposes which he has ordained. Um, the word itself, or the Greek equivalent, is not used so much in the New Testament, but the concept runs right through it, and it's one of the most fundamental ideas in, in the Bible. Um, I, I, I think you really can't read five pages of the Bible without being struck with this fundamental truth. God is at work. 
God is in control. God is the one doing this. He's the main actor. Think of the Christmas story. Who's the main actor? All these human beings sort of doing little bit parts, responding. But God is the one who's acting, who's accomplishing this. Uh, just a few passages to remind us of this, this uh, great teaching throughout the scriptures. Daniel 4.35, all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. But he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. And no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? Proverbs 16.33, the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Proverbs 16.4, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Uh, Isaiah 40, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. Its people are like grasshoppers. He brings princes to naught, reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground. He blows on them and they wither. We see it fleshed out in a very personal way in that wonderful story of Joseph. You remember the story of Joseph? So he sold into slavery uh, and then there's many sort of adventures if you want to call it that, but God raises him up and then many years later he meets his brothers and there's this climactic moment where there's a recognition and they fall down before him and they beg his forgiveness. And Joseph basically says, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. He says, it was not you, but God who sent me here. And then you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. But wait a minute, it was them, right, who did it? They did this really bad thing <laughs> to their brother. They were certainly acting. They were willing. They were doing um, the things that we humans do. They were acting upon uh, other people and history, making things happen, and it was a bad action that they undertook. But he says, no, actually, that's true, but God was also willing <laughs> in this. And God was doing it to a good end. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Acts 17, 26. He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Ephesians 1, 11 having predestined according to the purposes of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And then James 4, the passage that many of us, um, I think the instruction in this passage we've appropriated and made into the habits of our speech, and, and I think that's a good habit. Uh, James says this, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town, spend a year here, there, spend a year there, trade, make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, <laughs> we will live and do this or that. 
Well, it's clear that the Bible teaches that God's providence is overall. But let's unpack it a bit more. What, what it doesn't mean, what it means, and then maybe a bit more about what it means for us specifically in our lives. What it doesn't mean, first of all. Well, the first thing it doesn't mean is that God causes evil. This is a stumbling block to many, I think, to some Christians, to many non-Christians. Um, it's scandalously argued that the Bible teaches that God causes evil to come about. This is clearly not what the scriptures teach. Um, to say that God allows evil, that he works it into his plan, and even that in some sense it's all part of his sovereign purpose is not the same thing as saying that he causes evil or that he is the source of evil. So we have to hold these two truths together. They're fundamental. We see them all the way through the scriptures. On the one hand, human beings are responsible for moral evil. God abhors it. He stands against it. He is grieved by it. And one day he will judge it and bring an end to it. That is absolutely clear from the scriptures. At the same time, this other truth, <laughs> even the very worst evils that human beings can commit are foreknown by God, allowed by him, and used by him to accomplish his purposes for his glory. Now, if you feel like that's a bit of a mind trip, <laughs> holding these two things together, well, welcome to the Christian life, right? The Christian theology, because it's hard to square that circle. But we know that these two things are true. So we live in that tension, and we affirm both, because the scriptures affirm both. So it doesn't mean that God causes evil. Secondly, it doesn't mean that what we do doesn't matter. Our actions have consequences. Again, you hear sometimes people say, well, it doesn't matter you know, if God's sovereign, it doesn't matter what we do. Clearly, that's not the case. <laughs> the scriptures make that abundantly clear. Our actions have consequences, they matter, and we are held accountable for them. And yet, God is working his plan through it all. The third thing it doesn't mean is that bad things don't happen to those who belong to the Lord. Um, Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. All things work together for good. It doesn't say that all things are good. Right? Bad things happen to good people and to Christians in particular. And again, Joseph is a beautiful example. A lot of bad things happened to him. But God was in it and accomplishing his purposes. Well, that's what it doesn't mean. Well, what does it mean? Well, I think at its core, it's really very simple. Everything in this world, even the bad things, are being used by God to accomplish his purposes. And note that this isn't just a case of God somehow mitigating, um, sort of making lemonade out of lemons, going, oh, oh dear, what have we here? That's a real mess. Let's, let's see if I can make it a little bit less bad or try to bring something good out of this. That's not what the scriptures teach. It's way beyond that. Uh, he foreknows all that's going to happen and somehow even the worst of it is woven in to his perfect plan. The ultimate example 
of that is the cross, of course. So here we have um, really the worst thing that human beings have ever done in history. Arguably the worst thing we ever could do. God himself comes into our midst, the one who is all good, pure light, love and goodness, comes into our midst amongst us as flesh and blood. And our response, to torture him, to crucify him, to destroy his life. That's a horrible human evil, right? The worst that can be imagined. And yet, it was the very thing that God had foreordained before the founding of the earth (laughs) to be his means of redemption for the entire world. So there we see that tension. And if we can believe that about the cross, then we can believe it about anything, can't we? It was fully a human decision, but it was fully God's purposes and his plan. Um, There's a further dimension to what providence means, which applies only to the Christian. So if you're not a Christian today, um, I would encourage you to come to the Lord Jesus because you can cash in on this promise (laughs) when you do. This is a special promise for the Christian. You see, the fact that God is controlling all things and ultimately bringing all things together for his good purposes doesn't necessarily mean that every individual's life will ultimately end well. That's not what it says, right? We know that God's working out his purposes for good It doesn't mean that every single person, everything's going to go well in the end. In fact, the Bible makes pretty clear that's not the case. Things won't go well for some in the end. But actually, that is exactly what the Bible teaches for the one who belongs to Christ. That's what it means, that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Not for everyone, for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So for the Christian, providence isn't just a general belief that somehow at a cosmic level, God will make it all come out in the end. (laughs) No, it's that at a very personal and individual level, in each of our lives, we can trust that God is working all for good for us. Not a single circumstance of our lives is outside his plan, his purview, his control, and his ultimate good purposes for us. This is a very precious thing to hold on to, isn't it? We all have things that come and go in our lives that challenge our confidence in that. But we hold on to that. Well, what does that look like maybe in, in practice? It means we can trust God with our past. It means we can lean on God in our present. It means we can hope in God for our future. We can trust in our past that God is directly involved in all of our lives, working our good in every circumstance, whatever our life story has been, whether it's the circumstances that were outside of our control or the decisions that we made that it's easy to revisit, isn't it? In all of this, God is sovereign and providentially working his will. God is in it. Nothing is accidental. Nothing just happens. It may feel that way. It may seem that way, but that's not the case. God is in it. For me, there's a, a very personal dimension to that. I, I um, want to just share a, a testimony. Uh, about six years ago, uh, my wife and I found out that um, I had a, a, a serious heart condition called pulmonary hypertension. It's actually a condition of the 
arteries between the right heart and the lungs. Con the arteries constrict and harden, make it hard for the heart to pump to the lungs. Eventually the heart shuts down because it can't get the blood through. Um, there's no cure, it's progressive. Uh, there's medications to control it, but sort of open-ended prognostic. Uh, in my case, um, um, we've been very blessed uh, that for the last six years I've been roughly stable. The medications I'm on um, are controlling it at, at this point. Um, but the, the future is unknown. The prognostic is, is unknown. But here's what I believe about that. Before I was born, God knew that I would develop pulmonary hypertension. He could have stopped it but he chose not to. And so instead, it's now part of my life and the life of my wife and my children. All my life leading up to that point <laughs> was part of this story that God was going to tell. And all of it will now be woven together for God's perfect end. What is that perfect end? I don't know. I don't know what's going to come in the future. Maybe God will heal me. We pray for that. We pray for it every day. That would seem really great to us. It seems to be a really good outcome, right? But we're praying for that. Others are praying for it as well. Um, maybe he'll take me home in just relatively short time. Could be that'll happen. Or it could be he'll allow me to continue to live and to serve and to be with my family uh, while I have this disease and while it's being treated. I don't know. But I know that whichever it is, it will be good, because it will be to a good end for God's good purposes. And even the decisions that we've made, that's something outside my control, but we can also trust God in those. I find that sometimes the hardest, to, to look back at decisions thinking, hold on, was that a huge mistake that I made? But we can trust that even in our mistakes, God is superintending and at work. Aren't you glad that God's sovereignty, that God's providence in our lives extends to our mistakes? That would be a pretty narrow sovereignty if it excluded our mistakes, wouldn't it? God is only sovereign when we don't make any mistakes. We get it all right. No, his sovereignty when we commit our lives to him, when we belong to him, even includes when we bungle it. Uh, my dad likes to say that the Sandifer family motto is grace for goofs. And I've claimed that, let me tell you. I hold on to that for dear life, grace for goofs. But that's all of us, isn't it, before the Lord. We're all goofs, but he gives grace. We can lean on God in our present. We can lean on him in the circumstances of our lives that we face in the immediate, uh, even when they seem bewildering. We can lean on him in our decisions um, it's easy to become overwhelmed and paralyzed, but we can trust that he is providentially over all things. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. He will be the one actually directing you in that process. We can hope in God for our future. There's so much that we don't know about what lies ahead, but we know who's in control. We know who we belong to. We know who is accomplishing good things to a good end in the midst of it all. Came across a poem uh, some years ago um, that was read by King George VI at the start of World War II. He gave a radio address and he shared this poem, made it famous. He shared this poem with the British nation. You can imagine the British nation facing 
a lot of uncertainty at the start of World War II. This is what the King of England uh, read to them. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, we face a new year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. He replied, go out into the darkness, put your hand into the hand of God. That will be to you better than light and safer than a known way. Well, brothers and sisters, at this time of Christmas, it's good to remind ourselves what God's providence means. The God who cares enough to come and to save the world also cares enough to work in every circumstance in each of our lives. The God who in Jesus says to the whole world, I got this, says to each of us in all the changes and challenges of our daily lives, I got this. And what he asks of us is to believe that and to trust him in everything. I'll just close with another poem. This is one that uh, one of my heroes, Corey Tin Boom, liked to read. She re often read it at her, her meetings. For those of you that don't know, Corey Tin Boom uh, was a Dutch woman who harbored Jews during World War II, was sent to a concentration camp for it along with her sister. Her sister died there, but she came out and bore testimony to God and his faithfulness for many years after that. Um, she told the story of how her sister challenged her to be thankful. She was grumbling. Her sister challenged her to be thankful um, in everything. And so she sort of begrudgingly said, well, I will, but I'm not going to be thankful for the fleas because their barrack was flea infested. I'll never be thankful for the fleas. Well, she found out later <laughs> uh, when she met a guard who had been uh, in that very camp that the guards avoided that particular barrack and left them alone because of all the fleas, which allowed them to run Bible studies with the women there, and several of them came to faith. So she realized she should have been thankful for the fleas. <laughs> but this is the poem that she often would read. It's called The Tapestry. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow. And I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him.